Hey, Potential Podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Potential Podcast. Before we begin today's episode, we'd like to take a moment and talk to you about something that means a lot to us. This podcast was created to be a source of fun and entertainment, and although we love to nerd out with you, one thing we do take serious is mental health. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. And at any time, you can request a new therapist at no additional charge. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by literally my podcast co-host, Taylor Sokol, as always. Today we're reviewing the second season of the mystery comedy series, Only Murders in the Building. This is a series that comes out on Hulu, created by Steve Martin and John Hoffman. The first season uh, was a smash hit, thoroughly enjoyed it. Of course, Steve Martin and Martin Short together and anything is going to be gold. Uh, but adding in that clever mix with Selena Gomez, I think, is a great, you know, her being uh, obviously much younger and having that kind of age gap and the generation gap. Uh, these three friends that, uh, you know, become a dream team uh, fighting crimes through their podcasts in this one building in New York. And the first season, I mean... Now, we're going to obviously talk about spoilers. Spoiler warning. There it is. Ooh. This is also like a spoiler warning if you haven't actually seen the first season. Uh, There's some things we're going to talk about right away to get into season two. Uh, So if you have not seen any of this show, well, go watch it. Come back. It's probably the best meta review we've ever done uh, because we're doing a podcast episode about a podcast episode uh, show. So this is very fun. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. But I mean, the first season... uh, you know, we had all this mystery of, you know, how did this death happen? And a lot of clues leading to this and that. Obviously, Selena Gomez at first is kind of seen as possibly a victim or, you know, maybe the culprit. Uh, but wow, the big kind of twist that, uh, you know, Holly, uh, of course, I call her Holly. She's not Holly. That's she's Holly on The Office. Yeah, <laughs> like she's not she's not Holly in this show. Every time we watched it, I kept saying that too. But Amy Ryan, who plays Jan. Uh, you know, this bassoonist who was dating our main character, Steve Martin, uh, 
actually uh, was not a good person, uh, a killer. Uh, that was a pretty big twist, I thought. Um, and I, I, what I love about the show so much is when they do have a thing going on, it does. There's so many characters, not always main characters, but all these little side characters. So it does keep you guessing uh, during the show. But it was kind of a big like, oh, the season ended. Uh, also, we had the whole Nathan Lane and his son was a big situation. So I feel like the first season left off with kind of a big, oh, they did the job. The the murder was solved. But I love how it kind of leaves off with straight into, oh, crap. Now we walk in and Mabel has all this blood on her and it's like, huh? and it was like a great cliffhanger. And I think that's a tradition they're going to continue throughout the show is even the one crime is solved. There's always something else to heighten it. So season two, uh, right into, you know, the, the person who's been running their big building uh, has been murdered. So now we have the new case of who killed them. And of course, because they just did a podcast or anything, I love that this show starts with like the three of them are like the main suspects was a was a clever way to start off. And I love because the man is ridiculous, but we get introduced to one of our first new stars for season two, Michael Rappaport (laughs) as Detective Caps. What do you think of his character? Because that dude, I, I don't think he can play a nice character. I mean, he has, I'm sure, in the past, but he was perfect as this kind of New York just like dick Very detective, you know? stereotypical. Like, yeah, like, wait, is like, he, is he a pain investigation? Is he part of it? What's going on? But he always has that kind of voice. Like, what are you doing here? Oh, you can do a podcast on this. Like, so anytime I see him, I, I cannot, it just his overall exterior, but I liked how, and I, I got to throw this out there too, where obviously you've seen, I've seen stuff with, um, Steve Martin, who swore like a movie like Planes, Trains, Automobiles. But to see them where I feel like they've been much more, him and Martin Short and Selena Gomez, much more family-friendly affair. It's so refreshing to see the show that they do swear, they do drop F-bombs. So it was really fun. Like, this is like, this is a, a rough and tough New York, even though we're in this very illustrious building for, you know, the, the these first two seasons. But yeah, Michael Rapport, he was, he was great. I like it was a good foil um, to our other detective... Yeah, Detective Williams. So, yeah, I think it was a really good foil to have there. But, um, yeah, right away, I think the fact that this action's happening, it's we've already established the rules of the show, and now, season two, we're, like, full gas pedal. Where, okay, not just now all three of our heroes are suspected murder, so now they got to solve this murder while at the same time clear their name, which is just great. Yeah, and this season already lent itself to a lot more twists and turns. Uh as each episode would go along, you know, a new clue would come up. And I love that the, the show was right away. Like some of these clues are attached to our characters. Uh, of course, like right away, they go into Bunny's apartment and they're looking for things. And there's, of course, this, this parrot they have that, you know, it can repeat things and all this stuff. But this painting, I thought this painting was a great plot point because Steve Martin instantly recognizes his father in the painting. Yeah. So we have another layer of onion where it's like, where Selena Gomez's character, Mabel, was kind of like really trying to find and understand her character. This one, we're understanding more about Steve Martin's past. And actually, I think this whole season really was a lot more about fatherhood as a whole for all of our characters. Uh, we got some more backstory uh, for Mabel and her father and finding out her father died, you know, when she was fairly young and how that affected her. Uh, Clearly, Steve Martin really Charles gets to kind of un- unveil 
not only through this painting, but then getting to meet the, you know, who painted the painting and kind of understand what happened in his past. His dad was not a nice guy. Uh, and there's a lot of kind of untapped trauma from that. That's kind of surrounded his life. And then Martin Short, you know, we, we, we met his son in the first season. And of course, if you just look at him and his son, the, the man that plays his son, automatically be like, I don't really see the resemblance. I don't really know if this is really his son. But, you know, we find out, oh, he had a black wife earlier. And so it kind of would make sense. This season was very interesting that they did the whole route that they do a DNA test. And he actually finds out that it's not his son. And of course, it's who actually is Nathan it? Lane's good son. old Teddy Demas, who well, I love Teddy. That they back oh. Teddy, oh, it was so good. Nathan Lane. Uh, I'm so glad they brought him back. I would want him in every season because him playing the villainous role, where it's not an outlandish comedic role, was very refreshing. Because he, him playing there, there's such a good foil between the two of them. And Teddy, like I feel like in this season, was really like pretty sorry for what he did. In He's a broken man, season. and. And he's broken because now his relationship with his son is kind of on the rocks. Like his son has nothing to do with him. So again, this themes of fatherhood. And I love that, you know, even the Martin short is not officially uh, the dad. His son, of course, accepts him as he's like, if you're not my father, then nothing is true. So like, I love that there was, you know, a lot of themes in this of like, doesn't matter who your dad is or, you know, there's there's always that sense of forgiveness uh, or acceptance. Um, and I love how Tumar and Short's son starts taking in like theater and is like now directing just like his dad. So clearly it's like, even though he's not biologically his son, the family lineage is still there. It just works out. And on top of that, you talk about the father figures and the forgiveness, but that redemption arc, I mean, with uh, Teddy Demas' son, Theo, which I thought was really well done. The fact that the last season we had a full episode where it was all um, focusing on, you know, ASL and those who are deaf. I thought that was really fantastic. And Theo is a very complicated character. And I think this is a tough thing with people with disabilities, particularly people who um, who cannot hear, who are deaf. They're not represented in the best light. So he is represented in such a complex character. I love that he gets a redemption. He gets an episode where he helps out Mabel. I love that kind of rapport. I also love the fact that he's like, it's kind of a great little notion, like, only about a third of what people say, what people read lips, can actually understand. So it made me really wow, you know. And then Mabel's just talking so much, so fast. Selena Gomez, character, she's always just really, really quick. So he's like, you need to slow down. Like I don't understand what you're saying. So it was really beautiful that, and the fact that because he was, you know, he's like, I don't know, like with because he was tied to the death of her friend, and he's like, I don't know if it was I pushed her or you know, but I I'll never forgive myself. And I do love that they have that moment because it's like. There's so many. There's there's such a blurred line between who's good and who's bad. There's no there's no straight things because everyone's complicated, and uh, as you see, some villainous characters do come back. <laughs> and of course, we have still back in here. We have Tina Fey uh, as Cinda Canning, who has this podcast, and I, I love that she's included in this show. She's not like a main main character, but she gets more screen time. I think in season two. Uh, and seeing how she kind of gets to take over. So it's like only murderers in the building as opposed to only murderers in the building. Um, and her assistant, who uh, we'll get to in a second here, but I did want to bring up kind of our new main character for the season. At least it was, it was a pretty steady character, uh, was Alice, uh, played by Cara Delevingne, who comes in as this artist who her and Mabel start to have a relationship and, 
from the get-go, I was like, this would just be so set up for her character to be the one who did it. Because she is like, why did she all of a sudden now come into the story? Uh, she's this artist. There was that really messed up moment where Mabel comes back in and she's like recreating moments from Mabel's life for like photography. And we as Americans yeah. are usually distrustful of people with accents already. So <laughs> so that was a bit off. And and even I love the, the episode where Martin Short shows that he has this game that he plays. Uh, with cards and it's all you know we've all played played versions of this kind of game before like if you played mafia or things like that where you kind of have to guess who the killer is and that whole setup made it really feel like alice was probably the one who did it um so that was a lot of my mind uh throughout the season and the other element i thought was pretty interesting was we had in here lucy who is the teenage daughter of charles ex-girlfriend and seeing Steve Martin's character like in a kind of fatherly light uh, where he's not really, you know, she's not, he's not really her father, but he, him kind of having to take over like how he treats her, how, and even that whole thing we, we thought he was texting the longest time with this girl was actually Lucy. So that was kind of a cute touch where it's like, Oh, he was nervous about like being a father figure. But then we get this whole thing too. where like, there's this like, maze in the building in between all the like this is you know <laughs> bookshelf that moves and there's this whole underground like chasm and all the and i thought that led to a lot of creepy moments because this is where a lot of times we believe the murderer is chasing them through some of these you know areas and, uh, and it got a little creepy for sure um but i've also also i just always enjoyed all the different tenants in the building uh, and we get there's one lovely episode where there was a blackout, which was scary for the murderer sense, but it was nice for we had these like nice little touching stories of people in the building and like what happens with, you know, what if the one guy who obviously from the first season he's the one that had like the cat and oh you know, good old Howard, like, <laughs> good Howard, you know, will he actually finally have the courage to ask that cute guy out on the on the one floor and what happens. Uh, what happens if the doorman gets to meet the lady that really is running the whole thing? And it's like, oh, she gets to talk to him and be like, you know, maybe we don't need a doorman anymore. Maybe we need someone like this instead. And he kind of gets a promotion. I love that this show has included elements like that because this the show always has had a lot of the human story throughout. You know, it's not just it's obviously very funny. Martin Short just cracks me up all the time. Him eating those dips and just climbing those stairs during the blackout episode. And he's like, he has to leave the dips. And he's like, I'll never forget you. I'll come back for you. <laughs> <It's so ridiculous. laughs> um, but I do like that. There's, there's a lot of heart to this show, even though there are some very intense, uh, crazy moments. Like, like that episode you were speaking about when uh, Theo is helping Mabel, uh, we get this whole plot line of, Oh, if we make a glitter bomb. Maybe we can attract the killer and uh, with the knife and then they can, we'll know who has the glitter on them. And that led to some really intense sequences too, where I'm like, hundred percent. It was funny though, when they're in the taxi and they're just chatting away and I'm like, we can see from the, the camera angle, like the guy gets hit with the glitter and he's just like, like, what did you put in that? Oh, so this, that little mild C4. I'm like, what? (laughs) It's like four minutes long. And I was like, are you going to go after that guy? Uh, But ultimately, I just the show is is so entertaining 
it's the pairing of actors. It's the way it's filmed. You know, a lot of it's filmed in this one building, of course, hence the title. And it is these tight sequences, these tight corners. But how some characters have interacted, like I even loved, I loved kind of the the almost slight Silence of the Lambs nod where Charles has to go back uh, to prison to talk to Jan. And, you know, she's just trying to like, get him to date him again. I know. Like, <laughs> like we never broke like, up. And he's like, he's like, he's that, he's that desperate for love. He's like, I don't, I'm really don't like to break up. And of course I love that. We have Zaz, uh, Jane Lynch's is like a stunt double. And she's, oh my God. She's so back funny. again. And I also like this whole thing where because of the popularity of his character, Brazos in true fashion of what's happening in the world, there's all about reboots or we're bringing back a character. Yeah. So they bring him back, but they're like, but bra- <laughs> you're going to be the uncle and we're having a new process where they're like, it's all about representation, which I think is beautiful, but is it the right way or just for representation purposes? And then the fact that they're like, well, you're under Veskish murder, so we're going to have you in the wheelchair, plus you have a t- dementia. So it's like, and then he kind of gets this great redemption arc. He gets to play this beloved character. He finds love again. Which I, which I, I do love that, um, that uh, whole whole thing. Um, so, the whole idea that they're able to kind of really touchstone on these pop culture things that do happen, you know, the old with the new, the new with the old, um, and then we get this really, you know, Cindy Canning's character, really interesting little plot twist where her little meek assistant is not so meek. Uh, she's kind of a little bit of the mastermind behind all this, which this ending with the reveal of the killer was so great. And I talk about, I love this show and the aspect of the clue. Oh my gosh, go, this is great. Yeah, the moment at the end, so we, we're going to start getting these, these things on Whiny that Poppy White, who was Lucinda's assistant, is actually Becky Butler from Oklahoma. And she had not good parents and she wanted to do something better with her life. And she eventually left and she worked her way to get to this job with Cinda and basically planned it up. Like no one took me serious. So I'm going to, Oh, I see this podcast is doing well. If I make this murder happen, maybe we can get, you know, this whole thing blowing up and even her somewhat relationship, I guess with uh, Michael Rappaport's character, and so it was a cool ending where they're trying to play it up like, oh, maybe it was Cinda who did this whole thing. And then it leads to, oh, no, let's get Alice to admit that she did it and this stabbing of Charles. I literally thought that really happened. It was so well done that I was like, it I was lived- very well done. No, no. I screamed at the TV. <laughs> at first, cool. Oh, I thought all I thought was there's no way they would do a third season or even anything else beyond that without Steve Martin. But then I thought, wait a minute, Charles is an actor and Oliver is a director. So they would have skills to do this. And it was a brilliant way to have, you know, her admit that she's the one who did it. And then just <laughs> Steve Martin like standing up and being like, like I was acting. It was just so clever. And Howard's like, I only faded. I only faded real for once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was and I, also the, the bit where, Poppy tells them, uh, Cinder really hates slow motion. And the three of them are like... Or she hates the inside of a tomato. And he's yeah. like, it's like this like, weird torture. Like, this... Oh, do you like that? And she's like, oh, give me... Yeah. So, so goofy. So goofy. But we get this... Uh, yeah. So, so again, our heroes thwart evil. They clear their names. And they become more of a success. And then it's this great, amazing thing where 
Oliver, now we got, you know, Thomas Hayden Savage. He's got his show. Uh, Mabel's, you know, she's got now she's kind of like back with little Alice a little bit. There's a little bit of a tease there. But of course, Oliver Putnam, they want him back to directing Broadway. And he's got a shot back in. And uh, we have a time jump, which I was very surprised about. We have a one-year time jump. Yes, we do. And we get this this moment where we see we see a man walk by. He looks very irritated. And Oliver comes up to him and he goes like, he's like, I can't, I can't work with him anymore. I can't. And Oliver's like, look, you just, you just got to, you know, you're, it's just jitters. You're going to be fine. Turns around. We have Paul Rudd, uh, which is awesome, playing this uh, Ben Glenroy. Uh, who's the theater actor and he just looks yeah, irritated and he's like I can't do it I don't want to go on with this guy anymore so he's like just get out there and do it so he goes out on stage and who comes up but Charles looking very confident looking and he has you know so obviously Charles has been invited to be part of this Broadway show as well and he's just very much like look go out there and do your shit kind of thing like which it seems so opposite of Charles because He's always been of at least the three more of that nervous Nelly, you know. He's his show is just getting back, so I I love that dynamic already. And then the show starts. Paul Rudd says about three lines, and then he's like ah, um, and then he literally just collapses on the stage, and blood's coming out of his throat, and he's dead. And they're like <laughs> Selena Gomez just love it, and he's like you got him. <laughs> like yes. such a great ending um so clearly this is going to be what i think is gonna be fun about the third season is i think a good chunk of it will be flashbacks or you know what all happened from you know where season two really ends all the way to this murder and then who did it from that point on and i think just the idea of it being mostly set on a Broadway stage. Which we'll get a chance to see maybe a little bit of more of a production and Oliver really kind of coming alive. Like, this is my theater. I got this. Oh my gosh. I I just can imagine him running rehearsals and the casting. All that's going to be hilarious. They're still running it. it. They're just doing it around the chalk outline. We just, just, it's okay. Just don't mind the blood. I'm just imagining the moment where he has to actually cast Charles. And he's like, well, you're our last hope. Uh, You know, you were, you were, um, you know, well, we wanted to cast talent as something first, but uh, we ended up with you. Uh, but yeah, the show, it's so pleasant. It's so fun. The length of episodes, you know, these 30-minute episodes, so easy to binge. Uh, just so great to see these two legends back on screen together. And Selena Gomez really holds her own uh, up there with them. And it's just such a fun show. Uh, and I love it. If you're fans of crime, of, of you know, murder, mystery. Podcasts. Uh, and podcasts, you know, it's a great show for everyone. Theater, podcast, murder, and comedy. What's not to love? And if you love cameos, which, of course, we've had Sting. We've had, you know, we got Paul Amy Rudd. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Uh, we have, we've got cameos abound. So uh, I'm definitely a huge fan of this series. Season two, I, I think I enjoyed it even more than season one. I'm going to give this one uh, a solid nine out of ten because this was just for everything, uh, for the sound, the music, just up in the ante, and now, you know, with this big, awesome twist for season three, I'm looking forward for more. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 as well for all those uh, reasons and more. And we just can't wait to get season three going. Uh, hopefully, it'll be the first half of 2023. 
Uh, but you can go back and watch the first two seasons of Only Murders in the Building, now streaming on Hulu. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.